I hope uh, I didn't catch you off guard. Uh, I was just recording uh, a lecture from Tikkuni HaZohar. You know, I'm doing Tikkuni HaZohar uh, almost every week for the last two years or more. And uh, we teach. In the beginning, I used to do it like one hour. Then I realized the lectures are kind of complicated. So I started doing it between 15 to 20 minutes each lecture so people can digest one idea, one concept, because it's very intense, uh, the amount of information there, especially when you want to translate it into English and make sure that people live with an understanding. So tonight is Rabbi Udatsvi Brandwein. You know, we can talk about him or we can study from him. Talking about him, I don't think it would be something that he would want, but uh, at least um, the basic, you know, of understanding about Rabbi Yudatsvi Brandwein, we can talk about his accomplishment. And uh, for years, I thought his accomplishment was how nice he treated people and what he did do to put people together, what we call Keruv in Hebrew. Um, it's tremendous work. But for me personally, if we talk, because I'm the one speaking here to the camera, was the work that he did from a point of study, from the point of teaching, from the point of truly explain the Tikkun exactly to the area where Rav Ashlag didn't have um, uh, a chance to get into, because actually Rav Ashlag explained all of the concept of Tikkun within Talmud Asar Sfirot, within another book that Rabashtag wrote. So it's almost like a complete extension of Rabashtag. To my opinion, I wasn't there, but it was a mission that Rabashtag asked Rabashtag to do. Or Rabashtag did it on his own. I don't know the answer to that. And uh, nobody can tell me actually the answer for that. But one of the things, you know, that I see, you know, Ramadan and I follow his Torah. Uh, at first, I don't look like him clothes-wise. I mean, he's wearing a streamel, a black streamel, like a Hasid. When you see a Hasid, that's how Ramadan used to look like. A Jewish rabbi with a black coat. You know, the one that we like the most. I hope all of you like him. So that's how he look like. And with a streamel and everything like that. For we will learn that... We're talking about like the way uh, we look at wisdom. We, to my opinion, we have to take from the person the wisdom uh, that he had toward God, toward Hashem, toward the study of the Torah. Because there, there is all the personality. How the person behave with people, what did he build and all this and that. Of course, we can tell thousands of stories that he was part of the Istadrut, the Union as a rabbi there, uh, been part of building Israel the way it is from 1948. Um, wonderful chesed, ishel chesed, uh, compassion and kindness, but in the same time, uh, making sure that things will come into publish, making sure to raise enough money to make things happen, so the Zohar will be printed. So, you know, when you ask for money, uh, how can you be nice? You're tough when you ask for money. So a person has to have both sides. So, you cannot just learn the Zerabanner was just kind and nice. Yes, we can say it forever. And there's no doubt about it. But in the same coin, you have to say, 
erase enough money to make things happen. So it makes me wonder, what should we think of Bhavanda? Just a nice guy, just praying and waiting for the money to arrive and then build a place for others? Or a person who knows how to do both, being kind, being nice, teach some deep secret of Torah and in the same time uh, capable to build something on the physical structure. That's how I look at uh, Rav, uh, Rav Vandran. And uh, I don't think it's a, it's a secret that the way I found out about Rav Vandran was for my teacher. Most of you who listen to it know who I am. So, and uh, I remember that I asked my teacher one time, at that time, whoever was my teacher then, uh, uh, those of you wonder why I'm using the word whoever was my teacher then, because I believe that in time, as those of you study Talmud or Kabbalah, you know that sometimes you know the student has to no longer continue with the same teacher if it's not working. You know, if it's not working, it's not working. You know, you get what you get from your teacher, you move on. It doesn't mean you disrespect, but there's nothing more there for me. You know, so that's why it used to be my teacher. And uh, one of the things that I asked him at that time, those of you who know him, Israeli, I'm direct, and I don't hold back. So I asked, did you ever have doubts about your teacher? And uh, he told me, yes, it was Rosh Hashanah, I disagree with this, disagree with that, but in the end, everything went okay. And I like that story because I didn't find that Ramban went chase his student after he left Rosh Hashanah. If you draw the picture of Ramban and just mercy, then you forget about the praying God and just chase your student. He didn't. And that's a witness by his own student. He happened to be my teacher at that time. So what am I trying to say is let's not be busy drawing a picture of who Ramban was. I think it would be wiser to be busy with his teaching. And his teaching are mostly, if you want to know where he's teaching, mostly in Tikunazo. That's most of his teaching. And without the help of Ramban, to help vital transformation, for them and myself, to build the site of Kabbalah that's been so successful in such a short time, which is unbelievable. I mean, I'm talking about like thousands of people listen to it freely, and on top of it, uh, so many other Kabbalistic organizations copy us. And people call me and say, you're not angry. You did this lecture and they copy you. I said, they copy me. That's when I'm doing a good job. I like to be Keter. Those of you who know Kabbalah, I enjoy that. Not a problem with that. You know? And you can uh, say it might come from the ego. And I really don't care what you're thinking. I care about what I'm doing and if I'm helping enough people. And I think that's what is important. But if a person is always... We're going to tell a story about him. What's the benefit in the end? Then tomorrow is a new day and gone. We forget that Ramban even left this world. And, but if we look at it from a point of what Torah can I study from him? And I said I just gave a lecture, very deep lecture from Tikkun I recommend you should listen to it. For me, that section that Ramban fascinates me, it's a section he takes from the Zohar. From the Zohar that happened to be in this week. Why this week? Because we are in Passover, Cholamoed. And we know that Friday night is Shvish uh, Pesach. Seven day of Pesach when the Red Sea split. Uh, 
lot of you are busy. I don't know, business, working. I don't know, you're playing some volleyball on the beach. But just to remind you, Friday night is the day that God chose to split the Red Sea. Question is, what need to be said that was not said yet for Brabranwen? So the Zohar, Abranwen, take a section from the Zohar and uh, allow me to explain it according to Abranwen. Please allow me. And be open that you may didn't get it at all if you just follow things that I used to follow before. So listen carefully. The Zohar said, Mati Tzakelai. Why you yelling to me or why you praying to me? Because the word Tzak, yelling, can be translated by Unculus as praying. Tzaka means to pray. To pray or scream. And then God said to Moses, Mati Tzakelai, why are you yelling to me? Tell the Israelites that you should go. But of course, we need to understand what does that mean? Why are you yelling to me? The word to me, T-O-M-E, to me, has a meaning. To me, meaning a normal level of God, a normal level of the Creator. The Zohar said, and Rabbanon explained it in such a beautiful way, based on the Zohar, that God tell Moses, listen, there is a way out of this sea to make a miracle and open, and you will not be killed by the Egyptian or the ocean, and that it's only if you tap another level above a lie. What is above a lie? Above to me, why yelling to me? It's called Atika. And the Zohar said, Be'atika Talia Milta. The people of Israel has to tap into a new place. What is the new place they have to tap into? Atika. Atika comes from the word La'atik, to copy. Atika is a high place, it's like Keter, like Crown. So God, which is the Eranpin, Yudkevavke, Tachigamatan, is telling Moses, for a miracle of what you want, you need to tap to Atika. How do we do that? And Rav Brandon said, If you want to have a miracle out of nature, how do you do that? How do you do that? Because the normal tension of a human being is to receive for oneself alone. We are selfish. And a person normally just thinking about themselves. But, tell us, if a person is willing to sacrifice himself, herself, themselves, for the holiness of the Creator, not sacrifice yourself to, for your friend, it's good, wonderful, why not? For the holiness of the Creator, because you can do a great thing, but if it's not connected to the Creator, then it's a great thing, but it's not connected. The great thing has to be connected to the Creator. We're eating matzah. Yes, I can give you all the intellectual, kabbalistic explanation, philosophical if you want, spiritual, emotional. But the real reason, God tell you to eat matzah. 
you gotta remember that. I know, I know it's not excited, that's not sexy to say though, but you eat matzah because God tells you to eat matzah. And if you eat matzah because that matzah is fresh, then you didn't eat matzah yet. You gotta eat matzah as connecting it to God. So, what does that mean? When a person is willing to surrender his or her or they ego, I'm not talking about the ego we talk about, like a lot of people who go to many spiritual or cult organizations, they think that surrender the ego is when you humiliate yourself or make yourself low uh, in front of the, uh, somebody else. That would give the power to a lot of teachers to take advantage of a student who want to lower the ego. Because then the, the student wants the God, the teacher becomes the God, and, uh, you know, catch 22 a problem. You know, but the real thing is to lower your ego in front of the creator, not in front of a teacher. That's the real connection need to be. Because in life you have dictator and you have teacher. There's a big difference between dictator and a teacher. Dictator force you to agree. Teacher teach you how to connect to the creator. And if the person is willing to surrender himself, the ego, then also God in heaven, in Attika, all the nature, as it's saying in Zohar verse 41, all nature change for that individual. As the Zohar in Truma said, even if the person don't deserve to have great life, and he cannot handle good life, and that person needs to wait for the right time until he makes his tikkun. No. When a person makes nefesh to God, when a person makes a self-sacrifice to God, meaning I'm doing it because I believe in you, the Creator. I'm doing it because I believe. I'm doing it because I believe. Then the person shift the gear in heaven to make things happen. But it's a question you should ask. Are we deciding what's God going to do? For that reason, the Baal Shem Tov give an answer. According to the Baal Shem Tov, God is like a shadow on your right side. You walk, the reflection shadow from your body, that's God. Whatever you do, make the shadow do. Which means if you do the right thing here, the upper world will happen. Sometimes, you know, we do different events, they have me. And, you know, some of our events are successful, some of the events are not amazingly successful. And I'm asking myself sometimes, why people cannot find time to truly work on themselves? Why people don't find time to do more for their soul? I, I wouldn't tell you that I found the answer, and again, we live in LA, in LA, it's not polite to ask questions like this, but I'm, I feel bad for a lot of people that they don't make the effort. Like, what do you follow? If you follow something, you can follow a teaching and stay intellectual, or you can follow a teacher and change. If you don't follow a teacher, you're not going to change. But follow a teacher, it's a very serious business. Serious business. If you didn't make another person follow your teacher, then you didn't follow a teacher yet. The way you know that you follow a teacher, somebody follow the same teacher as you because of you. That's how you know you start following a teacher. If you didn't make it happen, you didn't follow a teacher yet. 
I don't need to tell you about me. Some of you know me. When I have my teacher, I make about a thousand people follow. That's follow. That's a follow. So you don't follow a teacher. You're never going to make it. You're going to be smart intellectually. Like follow a computer. You have more wisdom. Follow a book. Nice. It's good. You should do it. I believe in it. In one point, you will need a teacher. I get teacher. I get people to come and teach me so many things. I'm not embarrassed of it. Some of you even saw. You come from the backyard. You see somebody sit with me, and I study with him. And he teach me a lot of things. I love it. But I see that some people will follow my teaching, but they don't follow me as a teacher. Those people never going to get it. They think they got it, but they're never going to get it. If you don't talk to the one here in Kabbalah, happy to be me, you think you get it, but you don't at all. Don't get it at all. And, uh, and I'm, I'm really happy that 70% of the people watching are follow me as a teacher. You know, I'm not happy for the 30% who don't reach out. Say, Eliyahu, we have question. Debbie, we have question. We need to meet Eliyahu about something we study. But the 70%, beautiful. I'm just worried about that 30%. Because when they follow a teaching, they don't follow a teacher. So, I don't want to make it about me. And I think you agree that they shouldn't make it about me. But I want to make sure that we understand the true essence of Rabbi Yudatsvi Brandwein, not from a story point of view, from saying those words. He take something from 2,000 years ago and he make it practical to the day-to-day -day life. I think that's tremendous. It's tremendous. I mean, I can tell you that this dynasty go all the way to Baal Shem Tov, Rabbi Levitzchak Berdichov, Rabbi Levitzchak I can tell you that. I mean, but you just have to see his Torah and understand who he was. When you study the Torah from person, let's say, if you like what I have to say, how can you not meet me in person? How can you not meet that teacher? Sometimes I don't get it. Like people say, oh my God, Eliyahu, that was lecture was amazing. Thank you. If I would meet a teacher that teach me something, one, I would chase them. I want more. I'm going to squeeze that lemon called teacher. I don't get people who don't have enough desire to study from a teacher. I don't get it. Because when you study from a teacher, the spirit of your soul and their spirit mix up. Even when you serve your teacher tea, right away, part of the secret go to you. That's why you got to see your teacher physically at least, at least twice a year. That's a minimum. Twice a year. To see him physically, the face. Otherwise, you're only getting from the light from distance. And Valentine is with us tonight. will be with us tomorrow. When you look at every day, you're supposed to read a section from the Torah for Cholomoed. What is the section of Rav Valentine? Yotchet, Yotchet, Benisan. If you're going to borrow money for a poor person, show the kindness of Ram Vanvan. That's the day that he want to die. The day that he talk about What does that mean? And I said that if we think about Ram Vanvan, the caring that he has for people came from his study of the Torah. Not first he cared for people and then he studied Torah. He studied Torah so much. He studied Kabbalah so much. And that's why he cared for people. 
Sometimes people turn the caring for people more than the study of the Torah. And if you want to respect Rabbi Brandwein, make it the other way around. Study enough Torah with your teacher, and then you will see how much you can care for other people. Now, I will tell you another thing. Um, for me, I didn't live at that time when Rabbi Brandwein born and died. So I cannot tell you what happened. But one thing that I can tell you, when I was born, I was born in 66, and I think if I'm not mistaken, the war in Israel started June 67, six-day war. And after that, days after six-day war, Jerusalem was open. My grandfather was a great, one of the greatest uh, mystical chacham, wise. You can call him Kabbalist if you want. I don't know if he will agree with that. But he used to do different white magic to help people. Go with his wife, my grandmother, to go to be in Jerusalem for Shabbat. And you go with him, left me as a baby. My mom. And where was Ramvan at that time? Also, he went to the first Shabbat in Jerusalem. Somehow, there is some connection, I think. To my opinion, there is something going on. There. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is I believe that Rav Ashlag, Ramvan, have a lot of influence on my life. And I believe I met my teacher only so I can meet them. I didn't study a lot of things for my teacher. I studied most of the stuff that I studied was through them. I did study for my teacher about life, business, and money. But when it's come to Kabbalah, it's mostly for Rav Randwein and Rav Ashlag. Even I never met them physically. So, yes, I would like to say thank you to Rav Randwein tonight for influencing me and forcing me and pushing me to go into Tikkun Azor three times in a way that I can teach it. I wouldn't say that I'm there to my opinion, yet, is where I want to be, but at least I translate it into English, and one day, if somebody would like to put it all together, it will be in translation of the Tikkun Azar into English, which I think is a tremendous thing online. So when the day comes, I'm sure it will be some professional people who can put it together. And for that reason, I would like to thank Abadman, and I would like to share another thing he said. Abadman said that... Uh, Sometimes when you feel down and you don't feel you have enough power, uh, you should borrow your potential self from the future into the present. And that will give you enough power to make it. And uh, I don't know if you know, my, my usually my logo is reach your potential, which I took it from Rav Brandwein. What does that mean, reach your potential? Your potential is already there reach to your potential, it's already there, and borrow the better self of who you are into the present so you can have a way better future. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and light a candle now in the other room, but I want to wish you Chag Sameach, Cholamoet Sameach, and I hope to see all of you on Friday uh, night so we can uh, do the Torah and the Arvit and the Suda and the meal as well. So it should be a very, very nice uh, Friday night and Saturday morning. All the best and may the soul of Rabbi Yudatsvi Brandman 
הקבור בהר המנוחות ירושלים. We'll protect all of us and make us happy and make us go deeper in the Torah, the Kabbalah, and specifically the Kudah Zohar. All the best. Thank you for listening. Thank you.